through as a conference speaker with Joe O'Reilly. Hey, it's Iselin, and today we discuss how to break through as a conference speaker and podcast speaker, why talk at conferences, and where to start. This is the story Joe will be sharing with us today. A warm welcome to Joe. Hi. 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 It's great to be here. It's great to be here on my first podcast, talking about how to get on podcasts. Uh, yeah, really excited to be here. Thank you so much for being here. So, of course, we can find Joe uh, on Twitter. Just search for the handle Joe Mary O'Reilly. Living in Chester, United Kingdom, you work as the digital peer manager at Salient Search Marketing, and you've been working in digital marketing for the last five years, both in-house and agency side. Interesting facts. Before that, you worked as a journalist. I did, yes. <laughs> you love everything uh, PR and especially reactive PR. That's correct, yeah. And as a senior, because you are a senior at this point in your career, you decided that you want to start talking at conferences and podcasts. Tell me, how did you come to this decision at this point in your career? What triggered this choice? I think um, so during the pandemic, I think um, I was um, I think I logged into the um, the digital PR um, or sorry, the online PR conference um, online that Brighton SEO run. Um, <clears throat> and I think um, I was watching, you know, I was watching all these talks and I was learning so much Um And it's kind of like that thing, you know, you go to an art gallery and you see a great piece of art and you think, oh, I could do that. But actually, the majority of the time you really couldn't. Um, but kind of with this, I felt, you know, I have something to add here, actually. I can, you know, there's topics here that people are talking about that I can elaborate on or there's advice here that people are sharing or questions here that people are asking that I could answer and I could, you know, I could share some of the insights I've found um you know i'm completely self-taught in digital pr um i've got no marketing training formally um everything i learn effectively comes from being a journalist and trying to kind of almost reverse engineer that to how i would want a pr to contact me and how i would want to receive pr stories or information or insight um and i think that that's a an unusual insight potentially in the industry where a lot of people do come from either a technical SEO background or, or a marketing background. Mm, so I heard there was like a sort of a teacher's feeling, like you knew you had something to, to share and that you could explain something to others and answer the questions, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm uh, I'm going to out my age a bit here, but I think compared to the average age of a digital PR, um, you know, in the industry, I've I've been around a few more years. Um, I've had more life experience, I guess, in the media industry. And one of the best things you can do in life is to share what you know to to those younger than you potentially, or to those starting out in their careers. I think. One of the things I enjoy most about my job now is kind of teaching other people, I guess. Um, yeah, and passing that information down. And one of the great things about our industry is how people share information. I have learned so much from my peers, um, you know, whether it be Twitter threads, LinkedIn posts, um, conferences, um, and It's, I, I want to give back to that. I don't want to just keep taking other people's tips and advice. It, it's, you know, I want to be a part of giving back and sharing that information in the industry. 
Oh yeah, I I understand totally that feeling of giving back and and putting the effort into uh, sharing something. But what I don't quite get is like, because talking at conferences is a difficult thing, and especially you know starting something that you don't know how to do, it's kind of scary. So, like. Like how, what, what do you do to tackle that? Like how did, what did you do to get started really? And I think that you see, you've kind of, um, you've got to the second point there. So the nice point is obviously I want to give back. I want to share information. The, the, the kind of next point is very much that, you know, you don't grow if you don't step outside a comfort zone. Um, I hate public speaking. I hate the idea of public speaking. It would be silly of me to pretend otherwise. But I also know how important it is in the industry to to share information. I know that how important it is to step outside your comfort zone and to do things that terrify you. Um, so I kind of made a decision that, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. I've never done it before, but I'm going to do this. And if I hate it, I'll never do it again. I hope I won't hate it. Um And, and I guess that's where, you know, when, you know, I put it on my kind of um, to-do list at the beginning of 2022, I said this year in my career, I'm going to go speak publicly about what I do and why I love what I do and how other people can do what I do. And then I left it because it was the thing I did not want to do. So it got pushed down and pushed down. And then when Arige announced in the um, the Women in Tech SEO Slack channel that she was putting on this training course, I thought, ah, oh, this is this is a sign here that I've got to stop leaving that at the bottom of my to-do list. Um, and and that's how I ended up on the training course. So, Oh, congrats. That's very impressive. As someone who would not like <laughs> to speak publicly with in-person because it's way too scary. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed that you take, you're taking the leap. You're like, oh my God, I'm going on stage. I'm doing it. And so tell me what, like what happened with the WTS training. Did, did, did it help uh, tackle this fear or did it help on other levels? What, what did you take out of it? I mean, the course was amazing. Um, as as me and you know the other women on the course will tell you, it was Hannah who led the course. She's a, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, but she's clearly a veteran of speaking at conferences. She's she's done them all, um, and she can talk about it in a really kind of practical and supportive way. But also, I mean, she she answered the questions that you know perhaps it, you you know that we all have as women that perhaps you couldn't ask outside of that kind of safe space that the training created. Um, I think I know one of the questions that was asked was about you know what clothes do you wear? You know, we all know as women that if you're standing in bright light, sometimes a dress that perhaps looks very very secure suddenly looks a bit flimsy and a bit see through. We 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 see what happens to women in the public eye and the paparazzi. Um, you know, these are serious worries that people have. Um, one of the questions I asked, and it's a very silly worry, was, you know, how do you focus on giving a talk when you know people are filming or taking photos? Um, that's something that's always concerned me. If I'm in a room and and talking to people in a kind of casual setting, I'm quite comfortable. But the idea of being centre of attention in the sense that, you know, I've got a room of people looking at me. I've got cameras on me, shooting me for video, for photos. How do I not be distracted by that? And how do I not find that intimidating? Um, you know, and 
and some some of the best responses from from Arij and Hannah were actually it is really hard that is intimidating and that is off-putting and you know that you will end up with very silly photos of you mid-flow you know but, but but that's not what you're there for you're there to give a speech and to give a talk and you know um and and you can't let these kind of things kind of put you off doing something that, that could really benefit your career and and give back to the community that's very interesting because First of all, everybody loves Hannah. I love Hannah. She's I great. Think she's wonderful. She's great. <laughs> so, if you, anyone who's listening, if you don't follow Hannah or her newsletter, just do it now. <laughs> and second thing, you said something really interesting because you just mentioned how it was about like accepting that it's terrible, <laughs> that it's like accepting that it's a terrible feeling. We're going to feel that and it's okay. And accepting that there will be awful pictures of you and that it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, you know, and how, so how did you solve the questions of the clothes? Because that I didn't even think about that. Um, but that's true. Like, no, um, <laughs> Hannah, Hannah gave some really, really good advice about if you're wearing a dress, make sure it's structured. You're going to have a mic pack on you. So if you've not got kind of jeans or a really solid piece of clothing to put it in, you know, it, it needs to not pull your dress down. It needs to not pull a, a flimsy kind of blouse down. Really practical stuff I hadn't thought of, um, because if you've not been on stage, you don't know what goes into it in terms of mic packs and and speakers and headsets and things. Um, So that was really useful. Um, like I said, a lot of the information that was shared w was really practical information that you just wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else. Um, but it was just having those kind of conversations about, like you said, actually, some of it is awful. It is scary. Um, and, you know, what, what's that kind of classic thing? Feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, and I think that's kind of where we got to as a group that, yes, it's scary. I, I know that if I'm, I'm going to get to that part where I'm standing at the side of a stage thinking, God, why have I done this to myself? Like I could just go back to my desk, get on with my job. I don't need to be here. But that's how, you know, we end up in these situations, I think, where conferences have, you know, lineups full of men that, that perhaps are quite comfortable going out and doing this and, and think that they need to be on stage and aren't held back by potentially, you know, our concerns that we're not good enough or our concerns, it's scary. So we might be nervous or we might not speak clearly or, you know, um, yeah. So I think that I think very much feel the fear uh, and do it anyway was, was the end result. How brave, how brave, congrats. And so there is these parts like, how one looks on stage and how one feels on stage. And there is also the parts that you briefly mentioned, um, what, what we say on stage. And so how do you, do you tackle the parts, you know, pitching, having the idea? What, what, like, because you know so much, but how do you pinpoint what is it actually you're going to talk about during these 20 minutes that you have this talk? Or how do you choose which topic exactly you're going to pitch to a conference speakers? Uh, and, and that again was it's really good having I mean obviously Hannah was leading the course but we had a reach there as well and they've both got so much experience with kind of pitching these talks and giving them. Um, I think the, the the best advice on on that that I got from it was you know finding a problem and And being able to talk, you know, a problem you've had 
with um, with your career, with a, an issue you've encountered and what you did to solve that. And I guess it sort of goes back to kind of anything really. It's having that narrative arc, isn't it? That idea that I've encountered this issue. This is how I worked through it. This is what you can do if you encounter this issue. Um, loads of really practical tips about actually going and getting your own your own data, even if it be something like a Twitter poll where you ask others in the industry, "Hey, have you have you encountered this in 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 your career? Have you encountered this with with this particular technical problem or with clients that want X when you can only provide Y?" Um, and, and having something like that to provide, um, I think some really simple stuff that, you know, sounds really simple, but you don't necessarily think of, you know, being able to break your talk down into sections. Do you have an intro? Do you have kind of the first, the bit where you talk about the issue, the bit where you talk about how you solved it, and then that bit at the end with key takeaways. And And actually, I think that when I've watched conference talks, I've always found that really useful where at the end, someone's kind of almost recapped particularly if you're at a, you know, you're at Brighton SEO or, you, or you're at one of these big conferences where you're seeing several talks in a day. Um, it's really good when a speaker recaps at the end, this is what you've, you know, this is what we've talked about. This is what, you know, I hope you get from this. Um, other things like sort of, you know, we talked about slide decks and how, you know, how you put together slide decks and how, I think the one thing that's always kind of intimidated me about doing it is I don't just want to turn up, you know, spend weeks putting a slide deck together, turn up and just talk through a load of information on a slide that people just think, well, actually, you could have just emailed me that. How do you how do you weigh up how much is on the deck and how much you, you are talking about and speaking? Um I mean, the, the other thing that was a bit of a surprise to me, although maybe it shouldn't have been, I think Hannah was talking about how long it takes to put a slide deck together. And I don't think until that point, I appreciated the work that goes into this and the work that all these speakers um, at the conferences we attend are, are putting into these presentations. And I know one of the things that I will take away from that is even if I if I sit through a talk and think, oh, actually, you know, I've not learned too much because I already knew that topic really well, or actually it wasn't necessarily aimed at me, that talk. I think I will have just such a better appreciation of I'm going to sit and listen really intently anyway I'm gonna you know because I know now how many hours and you know evenings people have spent of their own time usually to put into to put into these talks um so yeah it just as a conference attendee it was valuable to actually really get a grasp of of that as well and what other steps have you taken towards this goal today we mentioned that the WTS workshops, but anything else you did? I'm, since the workshop, I've been brave. Um, I've been applying to everything. Um, and one of the things I think, you know, um, the obvious thing you're going to get, particularly when you're new, is you're going to get rejected. Um, I applied to a conference in Dublin. I think it was Learn Inbound. Um, I, I was rejected. I had a really lovely email from them. Um, Thanks. We've already got people talking on these kind of topics, but actually, can we keep you in mind and we'll contact you later in the year? Um, I think the nature of kind of my career so far means I'm quite good with rejection. Anyone that works in digital PR knows rejections um, a really big part of the job. So I'm quite hardened to that. So it wasn't, it didn't feel so bad, but I think perhaps if you didn't experience that constantly as part of your kind of natural role, it could be quite upsetting. 
Yeah, you jumped exactly in the part um, I was aiming at. So you said you experienced into dealing with rejection because it's already happened a lot in your work due to the nature of the work. But just tell me, like, how can folks who fear this moment, fear opening their inbox and seeing the no thank you notes, like, how do you deal with that? And how do you, you know, keep sending your topic if people say, no, we don't want your topic? That's a terrible feeling. Go and be a digital PR for you. You'll get so many no's in your inbox every morning that you'll, um, no, um, it is a serious thing. People do fear rejection. And, um, you know, the worry is if you get rejected on your first pitch, well, you perhaps you won't pitch again. Um, and, and you just have to, you, you do, it, you just have to keep trying and trying and eventually something will, will land and someone will go, yeah, do you know what? We loved your pitch. Come, come and talk. Um, And your pitches will get better, you know, um, maybe, and you know, this isn't something that I can control, but maybe, and I know that conferences get so many pitches, you know, any feedback they're able to offer, I think will help people. And if you do get feedback, obviously take that on board. Um, but often it will just be a kind of you, a polite thanks, but no thanks, but you just have to keep going. Did you keep sending the same pitch after the first rejection or did you tweak something? Did, did you update something in, in your proposal? So for the the first kind of batch I sent out, I kind of, um, and, ha and the great thing about the, um, the, the training course, Hannah gave us an amazing template, by the way. Um, and we all kind of got to look at each other's pitches on this template that Hannah had used and shared with us. Um, so the first batch that I sent out, completely the same. Um, I thought I'll send it out if, if they all get rejected and, you know, it's, it's different lead times, isn't it? So like I said, I've had one kind of rejection. Um, I've got a few, you know, I've sent it to a few other places. I'm waiting to hear back. If everywhere gets rejected, then yeah, I'll go back to the drawing board. I think actually is this topic not, you know, not wide enough, not niche enough. What, what can I do to kind of, um, to, to give it more success next time? Um, But it's hard, you know, conferences, um, you know, I, I can't remember, I'm sure I saw a, um, a tweet from, from the guy that runs Brightness here about just how many pitches they do receive now. Um, there's a lot of competition out there. It's, it's not always personal. It might, it's not always about your pitch. It might be about other pitches they've already received that have kind of filled that, that section or that, that tract of the conference. Um, so it's hard to know, I guess, when to go back to the drawing board and when to go, well, actually, I'll just try again with the same pitch. It, it, I, I'm not an expert yet. I don't, I don't have the answers to that yet. Uh, I, I understand there is sort of a testing part, you know, you create yeah. a pitch and you test it out to see what kind of feedback you get. And if it, works and so did you try like bigger conferences or smaller conferences in person or online what's your aim currently so i'm just <laughs> i've not been fussy i guess is the honest truth um i knew if i sat down and was like right i'm only going to apply to set conferences that that i know or i feel comfortable with that that i would narrow the the opportunity i would um So I've just anything that I thought, yeah, I can get there. I can talk there. It, they're talking about, you know, they've already kind of had people that have talked about digital PR that kind of that there is an interest in this I've applied to. Um, 
yeah, I've been quite sort of open um, about where I apply. I've not kind of tried to narrow that pool yet. Maybe, and, and you know, I imagine that if you get to the point where people that have spoken at a lot of conferences will get to the point where they go, actually, I really like this conference. The speakers are treated really well. I'll apply there. Or, you know, I spoke at this conference before and actually I, I wasn't too keen on the way things are run, so I won't apply there. Um I'm not at that point yet. I'm just going to apply everywhere. I see what happens. <laughs> I love, I love how you you took that decision, and now I can hear in your voice that you really leaped into it, and you're just like there for the experience and open to trying things, and that's wonderful to hear. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, and what's what's so now you are in this moment where you're trying to um, to 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 pitch you. I mean, sending pitch out to conference organizers. Do you have any specific goals for this year? Like how, because you're putting lots of effort into pitching and going out of your comfort zone. At what, like, how will you decide, oh, I'm happy with what I've done. It's great. Did you have, do you have a specific objective, a goals or something specific you're trying to achieve? So I think... You know, I said um, at the beginning of 2022, I said, right, I'm going to I'm just going to go speak at a conference that was on my to do list. And then I ignored it because it was scary. I didn't want to do that. It was also quite naive to just put I'm going to go speak at a conference. It, there's a process. You've got to have an idea. You've got to pitch an idea. You've got to, you know, um, I think now having done the training course, having spent time speaking to Hannah um, and, and, you know, and, and the other members um, of the training cohort, you know, actually this is not as simple as just going around and speak at a conference next week. Um, so honestly, I've pitched and I've actually sent pitches to conference. That is something that I never did in 2022 when I said I was going to speak at a conference. So I've already achieved something. I hope I get the chance to put this into practice this year. But if I don't, I've still done what I've said I was going to do. I've still kind of fulfilled my part of my bargain with myself that I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone just by sending the pitches. Um, I'm here. This is a start. This is my first podcast. I've got another podcast hopefully lined up in March. Um, so, and if that's all that happens in 2023, I've, I've still stepped outside my comfort zone. I'm still really proud of myself. Um, yeah. Right. I hope like I, I I I love how you how you embrace things and how matter of factly you are because I've heard um other speakers who are much more nervous and and anxious about the process and about trying out. You have to tell us how you do it. Like seriously, I want to be this calm and zen when I do something out of my comfort zone. So, what's your secret? I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I am nervous. Like if it's coming across like I'm not nervous. Um, no, um, I think once you make a decision, you just have to jump in. Um, I, it def I, I definitely have had, you know, the benefit of that training course and, and spending that time thinking about it properly and thinking about the process. Um, I guess also there's a bit of, um, you know, I don't want to say I'm in any way indebted, you know, and, and Arij and Hannah would never make me feel that way. But I know that, you know, I had a great opportunity doing that training course. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of applications. I'm very lucky that I was chosen. Um, it would be a real shame for me to go, right, I've done the training course, but actually, yeah, I am. I'm not going to do it now. You know, that would be a shame. It would be a waste of an opportunity that, that I've had that perhaps someone else could have had. Um, so there's that. But also, you know, I, I've said I'm going to do this. Um, 
so I just have to do it and try and it'll, it'll work out or it won't. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as zen as I'm making it appear. I'm, I will be really nervous. And like, if I was to get a call tomorrow, say, do you know what? We, we want you on a stage at some point this year. I'd probably be straight on the Slack channel to Hannah going, oh my God, it's, it's happened. It's happened. What do I do now? Um, you know, so yeah. So how do you deal with these nervous moments? Because apparently, you know, they're going to happen at some point. I don't think you do. So I know there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of really great techniques, isn't there? You know, deep breathing, meditation, there's all, you know, there's all these great techniques that we all talk about. But I actually think sometimes you just have to live through the nerves. I often, you know, when I'm really scared or nervous about something, whether it be an exam or having to speak publicly, that 30 seconds when you're waiting for it to happen is terrifying. It's horrible. You, it's not going to be enjoyable, but I don't think you can not have that experience. I think you just have to have that experience. And then when you're, be, when you're on stage and you're in the flow of talking, you'll, you'll be fine. And then after it, you might feel a bit, oh my God, that was horrendous. You might feel a bit sick, but, but actually it's not the experience. It's the anticipation of the experience. Um, and one thing I try and do with, with myself a lot or tell myself a lot is, Nerves are just excitement. If you reframe this idea that nervousness is a really negative emotion, actually nerves are just excitement and excitement's a positive thing. Oh, I love this. I I totally love this. Nerve is just excitement. Yeah, it's true. It's the joy of doing something new that you're experiencing. And I, I've also heard like there is a very high degree of awareness. Like, you know, this is going to happen the 30 seconds before you go on stage and that you'll just be there and live through it. And I really like how you phrase that. Like, you know, be aware that's happening. That's okay. Yeah, I think I've been nervous before in my life. You've been, we've all been nervous before in our lives where we felt sick and we've had stage fright or whatever. We were alive, we lived through it and it was fine. So it will happen again and it will be all right and I will live through it and I will be fine. Thank you for normalizing that feeling for us, you know, for making like, yeah, it's okay, actually. And it happens to everyone. Oh, I see that time is going so fast. So you'll say you have no problem doing conferences because you have so many things to say. I, I just, that's awesome. I love it. But we still have to go. So our last questions that I wanted to, to ask you is, so as we are here as a community and we like to help each other, what is the the one tool or reading or things you did recently that helped you grow? Because I have a really bad short-term memory, I'm going to talk about the, the thing I've read most recently that I thought was actually really uh, made me think differently. Um, at the beginning of the year, I, I get book vouchers for Christmas every year. Um, I read so much. Um, I bought a book um, that I thought was going to be about time management because I am forever buying books about time management. It's called 4,000 Weeks. It's by a man called Oliver Berkman. Um, I buy a lot of books about time management because I'm not very good at time management. Um, it's one of the things I struggle with in my career and my personal life. Um, it's not about time management. It's it's the anti-book about time management, I guess. Um, and it's really made me think differently about how we use time, um, both professionally and personally, and how we try and control time. Um, I try and control my time. Um, we all do. Um, and it kind of talks through why actually that, that's not helping us and we should let go a bit. And, and I've just found it really interesting in both professionally and personally and how I think about monitoring my time and, and segmenting my time and the Pomodoro method and all these things I do. Um, 
to control my time. And it's just been really interesting read. So recommend it. Thank you. I'll share that to the, I'll share the name and the title of the book, of course, for for to make it easy to find. Thanks for sharing. And thank you so much for joining us today. That was thank great. You. <laughs> that was my first podcast appearance, by the way. So I really hope I did a, a good job. Um, and I was nervous before I did it, but I really enjoyed the process for everyone was- that's thinking about yeah <laughs> it was great i honestly i loved it and it's i loved how fluid you were in everything you said and your enthusiasm so anyone who's listening if you're nervous before a podcast you'll be fine during look at joe like that was awesome right <laughs> yeah I, i was nervous and i lived through it and i had a great time and that's the takeaway from this i hope <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thanks for joining me and thank you everyone for listening to the WTS podcast. We're on a mission to amplify women in the industry. If you haven't yet, do join the community if you identify as a woman. We have a fantastic Slack channel where you can ask questions and answer questions in a safe space. And also, open to all, we have, of course, the podcast with many more uh, episodes to come and the newsletters. And we are on Twitter. So really, there's no reason not to follow what we do. I've been your host, Isaline Mühlhauser. You can find me on Twitter and you can find Joe on Twitter if you have any follow-up question. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. And goodbye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>